It's August 6th, 2022. This is episode number 10 of The Mike Newman Show, where once again we have another Breakfast with Dr. Tim, where Tim and I meet up at our favorite Austin eatery. Been doing that for a couple decades now, honestly. And um, where we talk about whatever comes to mind. Well, in fact, we did a little thinking ahead on this one. I uh, kind of wanted to get out of current events and so forth and talk about um, something that really kind of tickles both of our fancies, and that is physics things, physics-ish stuff. So uh, sit back, relax, grab a plate of Migas or your favorite little beverage, and enjoy this little discussion where we get into black holes, singularities, and just cool stuff like that. So listen on in. Enjoy. A few of the things that I think of, think that I understand. So That's okay. Yeah. I, 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 I span, my career spans, uh, as a physicist, spans from the 60s to the present time. And there's been a lot of things that have gone to from pure speculation to well-established uh, facts, if you will, uh, over the, that period of time. And it's interesting to think back on various things to a time when that wasn't necessarily the accepted view of things. Black holes being a case in point Mm -hmm. that uh, in the the 1960s and into the 1970s, the evidence was mounting for the existence of black holes, but it was uh, not not totally given and so uh, discoveries that were made over over time uh, to confirm the existence of black holes they hold a special relevance to me because I, I lived through the period where that was was all happening so there's two things that I find interesting or at least to frame how this science is approached or studied and to me, my understanding is theoretical. So there's a whole branch of theoretical physics where um, literally brilliant scientists postulate and then they, they work math. They basically crank out ideas and theories in math and they say, this is how we think this works out in the math. That was an expressive neighbor at the <laughs> restaurant here. And then, then there's the, so that's theoretical. And then the other side's experimental. Can they measure it? Can, can we find a way to work out those equations and see if they play out the way? And so the most recent in my mind is um, not only the black hole observation that was made, but uh, before that, a few years back, Higgs boson. And so to me... How all that plays out is, is interesting to get your perspective on as well. It, 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 is, it, it is interesting uh, to, to go back to the, the very first part of, of what, you, uh, what you described. People develop, uh, scientists develop models of what they think is happening. And so they will, will develop those in the form of, of mathematical uh, uh, expressions. And once they do that, you start to be able to, they start to be able to ask questions, if you will. Mm-hmm. If this model is correct, then this ought to happen or that ought to happen. So they start to be able to make predictive uh, assertions that if the model is correct, then it means that this will happen or that will happen. And certainly one of the most fascinating to me uh, illustrations of that was Einstein's uh, first theory of of general relativity and then uh, expression of, of, uh, excuse me, uh, special relativity and then the expression of general relativity uh, after the fact. Because that that whole concept that he came up with is very counterintuitive, or it's it's very strange relative to the our experience of the world that we gain through our eyes and ears and and skin and nose and the like. We 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 develop a 
an assessment or an understanding of what, how the world behaves and to come up with the idea that uh, some of the th thoughts that Einstein expressed in his, his theory of relativity uh, that, that suggests that uh, there's an ab absolute speed limit in the, in the, in the, in the universe and that uh, movement uh, changes the, the, the measuring system. So an important part of any scientific uh, uh, system is to, to be able to make measurements. And to be able to make measurements, you have to have uh, some type of frame of reference, and you need to be able to calibrate the uh, the axes, if you will, of, of, that you're going to measure within that. And and to come up with the idea that the the measurement system itself can change is uh, is 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 fascinating. So if I'm, uh, excuse me, um, is it is it fair to say the world had come to grips with Newtonian physics and then this relativistic, this this Einstein's statements and proposal was foreign to that. Is that... That's, 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 a, fairly good, that's a fairly good assessment. I'm trying uh, at 50,000 feet. Kind well, of like, yeah, go, yeah, go, go, go back even a little bit further, though, that, that our, in, our, in our observation of the world around us, we develop an understanding, if you will, mm -hmm. of what's happening, and things make sense according to that understanding. And uh, anyone would recognize that I've got a big thing and a little thing. Mm -hmm. The big thing weighs more than the little thing. If I drop them, then they ought to fall to the ground, the heavy thing ought to fall faster than the lighter thing, right? Mm -hmm. It seems that, that from going way back, that yeah, probably yeah. was a, that was probably a pretty good assessment, right? Until uh, I guess it was Galileo thought, well, okay, we'll make some use of the leaning tower yeah. and we'll go up to the top of that with a big weight and a little weight and I'll drop them at the same time and hmm, lo and behold, they hit the ground at the same time. Exactly. And then someone makes the assertion that, well, you know, it's, it's even more than that. I ought to be able to take this large shot put, you know, an eight-pound shot put and a feather mm -hmm. and drop them, and they ought to fall at the same rate if, if the, our thoughts of gravitation are right. Exactly. Hmm, that's strange until such time as, oh, lo and behold, we can put a couple of guys on the moon Right. And th th they stand in the airless gravity of well of the moon and drop a feather and a golf ball or whatever it was. Yeah. And lo and behold, they fall at the same rate. And so uh, we, we, we develop this understanding mm -hmm. and uh, it becomes conventional wisdom. And when people uh, then make an expression, a model expression that that is accurate it, it will it will it will explain what we've always understood right but it will also allow us to predict in the future in, the, in other words what we've been experiencing and, and taken as absolute is actually a special case right Okay. Exactly. Yeah. On the earth, we, we, we generally have air around us all the time. So mm -hmm. uh, things don't, uh, don't fall in a vacuum. And, and so we, it's our we, normalcy bias, if that's you right. will. It, it's, that's right. And yeah. so uh, with yep. Einstein's theory of relativity, it was, it was, uh, it was fascinating to uh, under, see some of the tests that people came up with. Oh, well, if Einstein is correct then mass the a, a characteristic of mass is is gravity mm -hmm. and gravity we we like to think of it we start out thinking that gravity is 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 like a force but as people evolve the models make them more exact they they come to the understanding that well mass doesn't exert a, a force. Gravity is not a force per se. Gravity is is a manipulation of space, and so it actually creates a a a manipulation of space. 
And how can we determine that? Well, the, 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 the really smart guys said, hmm, you know, if, if I've got a distant star and I'm observing it from the Earth, if I would observe it when, when the light from that star happened to be passing very close to the sun, then the position that I see the star at is going to be different than if I look at the star when the light is not passing close by the sun. Mm. And I, I remember thinking, thinking this as a, as, as, as a very young boy, mm-hmm. uh, seeing that, 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 that this was a, a confirmation of, of, of Einstein's theory that people went off to some godforsaken place in the world and made measurements during a solar eclipse right. where they could, could, could actually measure uh, the position of a star whose light was literally grazing the surface of the sun. And it changed locations. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they, the star was in a, a slightly different position than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a boy, the first time I read this, I thought, huh, that's really weird because that that would say that the that gravity is exerting a force on light. Light, and how does it do that? Because You're like, light, Wait, what's it, light, light is <laughs> it, well. And at that time, yeah. the thought was light is composed of photons, and photons are massless. So there's no mass there. But lo and behold, gravity from the sun seems to be attracting the light from a star. Mm-hmm. And someone finally drummed it into my head that, no, what was happening was that the mass of the sun was shifting or changing the shape of space so that that the light was still just going straight ahead. It, It just assumed it was not changing direction at all. It was going straight ahead, but what had changed was the space that it was traveling through. The space that, outside of the effect of the sun you would assume you would be drawing a straight line from that distant star just past the edge of the sun, but then on the other side, that all appears to be a straight line from the light's perspective as it's traveling. But if we're watching it from, say, above, you would see the light coming from the distant star reaching the edge of the sun and then bending Slightly towards slightly the sun. Slightly toward the sun. And therefore, when we see that beam of light that we see coming from the edge of the sun, it appears to indicate that that star is possibly further to the right or, you know, a, That's a bit further away from the right. sun than where we would have expected it to but, be. But, we, but, but, but in, in every other instance, we're able to predict exactly where that star will appear. Yeah, just get that sun out of the way and and everything adds up just fine. And this crazy relativity stuff, when you get, and to me that's that's the mystery and I think that's uh, where I'm headed to and I'll look it up on my phone, the the documentary that I was uh, talking about earlier um, when we were texting was um, funny things happen at boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so relativistic things happen at boundaries. So, right. And that's what we're finding out is that these assumptions we've made and we live by, I mean, we, we, we build aircraft by them. We fire rockets off out into space. We, we can do a lot with our special case physics, but that's a special case. That's a, a special case, and, and it's only when you get into the context of the special case that some effects become obvious. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a cell phone. Every cell phone has a GPS locator in it. If we didn't have relativistic, the, the, the arithmetic or the math that explains uh, relativistic effects, we wouldn't be able to make a GPS system work. Right. Because the only way that, uh, that when you when you have uh, satellites running around, uh, uh, shooting uh, or broadcasting signals that are received by your GPS units. Relativistic effects become important in that environment, and so without the mathematics that explains the 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 
the uh, movement of, of things within a with, with relativistic f- effects included, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to. to you wouldn't be getting your GPS within looking. six feet or anything. That's you'd, right. You'd be way off. Yeah. You would would be way off, and on the other hand, uh, that that was that was. Uh, when, when when someone, I'm not even sure if Einstein was the person that that made the prediction, or someone else looked at his uh, at his uh, expert expressions and said, "Oh well, if this is true, then then mm-hmm. we ought to see this happen. We we ought to see uh, the, 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 the 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 stars uh, change locations." I think the uh, the the first real uh, uh, description or thing that that that. Relativity uh, explained well was the, I think it's called the precession of the perihelion of Mercury, that as Mercury goes around the sun, its orbit shifts a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not quite. It was never understood why it, it was measured, but it was a it was an effect that no one could explain. Okay, and lo and behold, uh, when you applied. Uh, you created uh, uh, equations of motions, uh, a, a motion of, of, the, of Mercury and the Sun around the Sun using Einstein's expressions, which took into effect relativistic effects. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, that, that fell out. That, that, that explanation of the, of the, of the precession of uh, the, the, the orbit of Mercury uh, fell out as a, as a result. So that was kind of the first... Real indication that uh, that uh, and relativity you, was correct, and, and and you can see how that would be. You've got this massive body, the sun, and you've got this tiny little planet, Mercury. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Mercury is it the smallest, or is Pluto the smallest, or yeah, it, it's pretty but, but, darn tiny. Yeah, small. well, but as we know, you know, Pluto was demoted. Pluto's Pluto's the, the, <laughs> was, was no longer got off the island. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Pluto. So, right, forget you, Pluto. Mercury's smallest. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a little guy. But so that would be similar to massive body, small body, both um, generate or influence their own gravity. They bend their own space. But that could be another instance, at, in layman's terms, of what we just talked about with the light. Oh, exactly. Yeah, Merc- Mercury, the, if you will, Mercury thinks that it's that it's uh, trucking in a circle, trucking in, a, in, a, in, a, in an elliptical orbit, oh, exactly yeah. as it should. Yep. Uh, but as it turns out, the the gravity well uh, that it's the sun sits at the bottom of a gravity well, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, it is has changed the shape of of space enough mm-hmm. that uh, that that now when I step outside and I look at that the orbit of Mercury, it doesn't behave as I would have expected it to. So when the Enterprise or whatever scout ship that was that flew back through Star Trek, you know, to to, to every time they do a, I'm just, we're just going to whip around the sun. There's some math involved in that yeah. to make sure. I mean, I'm sure that the <laughs> Paramount thought of that, all that. That, 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 that was a, that, that was that's one of those uh, that's one of those. Uh, we'll save uh, that for another show. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, that's one of those effects that it, it would be cute if there was some sense to that. But I think we probably understand too much now to, to look back on that and say, yeah, that's that's a plausible bit of poetic license, you know. That's, and then closer uh, to home, the GPS satellites, the same similar type of things happening yeah. as Mercury on the sun is those little satellites around the Earth, and, and you have to yep. take that into account because they might not be where you think they are if you observe them just with Newtonian Exactly physics. right, exactly okay. right. Cool. So, so the, you've got, and, and another thing is, Einstein kicked this all off with a theory or a hypothesis, hypothesis and then moves through theory. And then it took some engineers. Uh, what, where I'm looking to draw the line is, uh, you know, that famous line in uh, the Martian movie where he's stranded and he's got to figure out how to survive. And he says, I'm going to science the bleep out of this. That's right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you got the science in your head. You're going to engineer yourself out of this. So engineers, I think, around the world were like, Screw you, man. This, this is all about engineering. That Yes, some, that science was settled. I need dirt. I need water. And, and, and he knew how to break apart, you know, take the materials. It was it, In the movie, it was kind of like an Apollo 13 moment. What does he have? 
what can he do with it and how how can he not kill himself to, to I, try I, to I, do did, it? I think that I, I, I found it amusing in that movie and that, that, that's one of that's one of my favorite movies mm -hmm. uh, much to my wife's consternation uh, because I it, it shows up on the on our uh, one of the cable channels periodically and when it shows up it's shows up like every third <laughs> slot you know it's it's the movie and my my wife gets a little tired of my watching it over and over again i love it too but one yeah. of the one of the fascinating things about that is that he decided in order to be able to create water or to, to decompose his his rocket fuel down to water so he could have water he needed combustible material right and lo and behold he was in the middle of a giant endeavor that had whose one whose basic purpose is not to make anything combustible exactly it, you, you realize now one thing you don't want to have when you're <laughs> in a spaceship is well thanks i forget which one somebody had a little wooden cross had a little wooden so cross he's, and that, he's, he's whittling wood off of that and 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 and, and, and the, uh, the 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 value of ceremonies that his, the saving grace was that someone had packed in some potatoes mm -hmm. to be served up for thanksgiving dinner right so right. you could have you could have potatoes for Thanksgiving dinner, and he could grow food out of that. So yeah, that's that's, that's fascinating. So yeah, that was just my little side bunny run of science engineering, and then similar to the theoretical and um, experimental physics is, in order to do the experimental physics, there's a lot of engineering to get done in order to bring the conditions necessary or agreed among the physicists of this is how we can measure this. Yeah. And and the excitement at the end of both of those scenarios, the Higgs boson and um, this measurement or photo capture of, of, uh, of a black hole, to view a black hole, was both the theoretical and the um, operational or the engineers, right. engineering physicists came together and they were both like, this is what this is why we do this. Right. Yeah. Cool. It's it, it it is fascinating. Thinking back again on the uh, on the uh, the the the, the uh, measurements made mm -hmm. with the the deflection of starlight, if you will, to to uh, prove one of the initial proofs of, of or or um, uh, proofs of, of, yeah. of, of relativity. If you look at the pictures that came out literally a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, from the, the Webb Space mm -hmm. Telescope, the very first picture that they published uh, it was a, a deep space view just of empty space. And the fact that it, if you looked long enough, it was filled with galaxies. What I found fascinating about mm -hmm. that is if you sit back and look at that, it looks like a bunch of soap bubbles. Because there are so many instances, or there are so many um, uh, uh, illustrations in that one picture of gravitational lensing that it looks like bubbles. Because all the light is bent toward the the galaxies. Well, right, or, or collections of galaxies. Yeah, and and, and it, 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 they found that that. There apparently is a lot of material within galaxies or between galaxies, which is unobservable, unobservable through any other means except gravitational lensing. Mm. So it's called dark matter. So you can't you can't see it, but it's there. It has a gravitational effect, and when you look at that deep space image of galaxies. You see several instances of arcs of light, which are showing the 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 galaxies that are far beyond the galaxies or the galaxy systems okay. in the foreground. I'm finally getting a mental picture of that. Why you would have these arcs? Because the light that's so far out there, right? By the time it, well, as it reaches the observer it's going past galaxies or galaxy. collections of galaxies yeah. right and so you know you, you, you have a you have a uh, you have a, a set of galaxies that uh, uh, maybe exist within a, a spherical uh, region that's uh, oh, let, let's say uh, uh, 500 million light years across Mm -hmm. You know, but you've got a, you've got a light source, a galaxy that is that is uh, 
five billion light years behind that, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden that collection of galaxies looks like a looks like a very massive uh, a point mass, if you will, mm-hmm. and the light flowing past it gets gets bent around it. Yeah. And some of that light actually gets bent. Uh, such that that y- y- you'll actually see the galaxy in a different position, much as uh, you saw starlight in the the, the uh, experiments dealing with uh, with with the first Einstein experiment. Uh, but you'll you'll see galaxies repositioned. But you'll also see instances where the galaxy, the light from the galaxy, is spread out. Okay, it's part mm-hmm. of the part of the lensing effect as well. And so when you look at that picture from the James Webb uh, uh, Space Telescope, you'll see arcs. And mm-hmm. when you step back and look at it, those arcs actually look like the edge of bubbles. And, and you see several of those within mm-hmm. that one simple picture. Mm-hmm. And very, it's a very fascinating uh, illustration of, of gravitational lensing. So that was a... That, that, that was a as I pointed out, started off the discussion over the course of my lifetime, we've seen many things that became, went from postulation to to proven fact, if you will, or, or at least observable. And used in day-to-day life, and, like and, the GPS. Like and, we right, went back the to GPS the, to is that. A, yeah, case in point. Uh, black holes is another case in point where uh, uh, they were they were speculated. Uh, uh, they they seem to to uh, be true, but uh, seem seem to exist. But we didn't have strong evidence, and we've gone now to the point where we've actually taken a picture of one, and yeah. and it, it it actually matched the theoretical prediction of what the picture ought to look like, which was was fascinating, and and so that. I remember uh, uh, when I was again back in the in the 60s when I first started reading a little bit about this to understanding it. The the concept of quasars was uh, yeah. was, uh, was 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 big for a while, or was big. Uh, the observations of, of light sources uh, from from the from the very distant universe that were they, they, that were illustrations or, or were expressions of massive amounts of light output and scientists were unable to fully explain how that would happen, what, what, what could drive... So remind me physical... the difference between a quasar and a pulsar. Okay, a pulsar is a, uh, essentially a neutron star that's rotating rapidly. Okay. Okay. And and a, a neutron neutron star that is rotating uh, has a very strong magnetic field. And if you rotate that, if you're in a right position, such that, uh, uh, for example, it's rotating, but you're looking at it from one of the poles of okay. rotation, uh, and and it and, and that pole is is uh, 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 is rotating. Uh, it'll actually create a a, a varying uh, electro uh, a radio signal, mm. and okay. so you'll you'll hear that. So a mm-hmm. pulsar is essentially a rapidly rotating uh, neutron star. Okay. Uh, whereas a quasar is a, a very distant uh, light being emanated or a jet of light or a jet coming out of a galaxy. Okay. Okay, and and and, and, and we see it as a bright light source from ten billion years ago, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 physical process that would be able to create that much express or, or release that much energy uh, in the form of light was was not well understood. Okay. And subsequently We've and coupled with that, the fact that when people started making measurements of galaxies that we could see, we saw that that the rotation and the form of galaxies seemed to be different from what would be expected if the mass that was there is just what you could see, if okay. you will. So we had some missing mass. To we had some missing for. mass, and and. The, the two things ultimately became coupled. It was discovered that, oh, pretty much at the center of every galaxy 
is a supermassive black hole. Mm. So, so it's uh, it's the 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 mass from several million to several billion solar masses, the mm-hmm. mass of the sun, yeah. have collapsed into a black hole, and we can't really see that. It's it's in a, a, over interstellar or intergalactic distances because it's a very very small volume. Yeah, uh, but it has a, a huge gravitational impact. And so it makes the, the galaxies tighter. It makes them rotate faster than they would otherwise. Hmm. And in the, a, the uh, uh, earlier, well, it's not even the earlier universe, as one characteristic of those supermassive black holes is that at, at certain times, if they, you get large amounts of mass dumped into one of those, uh-huh. then you'll get this massive release of energy, and it'll come out in the form of jets, if you will, uh, 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 perpendicular to the rotation, or it, 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 to in the- concert with the rotational axis of the black hole. Uh, you'll get these these massive jets, which correspond to the quasars that we we thought of or we, we observed, we observed or 60 years ago yeah okay and and so those are those are an artifact of <laughs> supermassive black holes which exist at the center of most galaxies so basically the quasar is kind of a roman candle thing looking per, per, from a pretty much, distance yeah. and yeah. that energy that comes shooting out the top that you know I'm butchering all this, and you can cringe. Um, <laughs> is due to the fact that you've got this supermassive black hole chowing down on all these this energy and matter and so forth, and the opposite. It's causing this Roman candle to right. to go off. Which, uh, yeah, go ahead. So, and a fascinating thing about supermassive black holes is the fact that. Some that have been observed apparently have the the mass of two or three billion suns incorporated in them. And people are still trying to understand the mechanism by which those are created because the the general idea that, that you have a black hole that starts to consume solar mass uh, levels of, of mass... It, it that 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 is a mechanism that is limited by relativistic effects, and it's actually hard to understand how you can have several mi- billion masses in a black hole mm-hmm. that have accumulated in the thirteen or fourteen billion years during the existence of, since the Big Bang. And, and so uh, there's, there's a lot of research going on now as to precisely how supermassive black holes form. Because the idea that they just, they just eat stars, you, you can't, you, they can't consume stars are, fast enough to have accumulated several billion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that takes me to this uh, documentary that I had mentioned uh, last night. I don't think you've had a chance to see it. It's called Black Holes, The Edge of All We Know. It's, mm-hmm. on, it's on Netflix, about 90 minutes long. Uh, it totally put my wife to sleep, even though she selected it off of the screen. <laughs> hey, let's watch this. It's, a, it's not aliens, but it's black holes. We might like this. And she was sawing logs, and I was going, wow. So in that documentary is, where, as we spoke of earlier, where they were able to simultaneously observe these two black holes, one really really far away and one stupidly far away and the one that was stupidly far away i'm using the uh, proper measurement terms you've lapsed into technical jargon (laughs) sorry for that yeah so the one that's stupidly far away is gigantuan sized Mm -hmm. you know as far as back to the solar units measurement so that's good and we have a chance of seeing that one out there so what they did, because no single uh, radio telescope is large enough to observe at that distance what needs to be done, they came up with this uh, scheme, and uh, I'm going to get it wrong, I think it's HRT or something, where the sp- specific hardware, specific software was developed and deployed to these radio telescopes literally all over the world. And that enabled them, this is the engineering part, 
to record at specific times because you got these celestial bodies all over the place. So it had to be the, the things that had to happen right just to make this observation. They were worried about weather at one site, and then finally it, it, it cleared out enough. I mean, it was literally ice. Are we going to be able to, to move the... You know, a cloud front moves into this mountaintop in Mexico, and they're like, oh, no. And then they're at about 15,000 feet. So all of that came together. They got all of this data. But uh, I guess the, the, the point to that, and I'm losing it quickly, was this was all in parallel in this story. Stephen Hawking is, is uh, Stephen Hawking's last months are in the middle of this um, the, the storyline of, of, uh, of this documentary. And I had never really seen a documentary that involved a, uh, a Stephen Hawking to a significant point. And it was just fascinating for me to watch the theoretical guys, you know, looking forward to meeting with Stephen and, you know, chalkboarding stuff and, and working all these theories out. And the one, uh, again, another sorry segue was, the one uh, scientist that had worked with Stephen probably the most said, you know, the fascinating thing about Stephen is he's obviously a man of few words, <laughs> but, and he's asking you questions in his statements, and you, you have to take those nuggets and really explore what he's talking about. But one of the things, back to Einstein was, I believe it was Einstein, was that there there's an exchange. We, we've always assumed in, in our, our knowledge of black holes or assumptions were that things went into black holes and never came out. And, and that's where this, the math, the mass math didn't add up. And so the, and I'm gonna get this wrong, but, and, and the reason they titled this The Edge of All We Know is they wanted to observe the edge, see if they could observe the surface of a black hole and what that would mean, what they would find out. And uh, so I'll just leave that as a teaser for later discussion after you get a chance to, to watch that. But Well, yeah, actually, anyway. there, there, there's a, it may be part of the same uh, series. One of the, one of the uh, cable channels periodically will, will broadcast a, a, a series of uh, shows uh, under the euphemistic title of How the Universe Works. Mm -hmm. And so there are, there are several shows it, 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 it involved in this, or one, and more than one, are, are dealing with black holes as well. So, okay. while I, I don't think I've probably, perhaps not that watched the, one, the, the yeah. specific one that you've uh, that you've watched, I've, I've watched. Uh, there, there are a number of others that are available that are they, they bring out uh, the, you know many fascinating points. Some of which are uh, they're they're expressing information that's getting to be relatively well understood. They're also expressing uh, information which is still highly speculative. Or raises new questions. Or raises new questions, yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's terribly fascinating. But relativity, relativistic effects have tremendous impact at the surface of the event horizon of a black hole. Mm -hmm. And just as one has to really ponder what happens to the laws of physics, if you will, once you get inside a black hole. I mean, it's always expressed that a black hole is matter that is so dense and exerts such strong gravity that, that nothing can escape, not even light. Yeah. Well, that, that's, a, that's, a, a, that's, that's kind of an explanation that we can... We can sort of get our get our brain around a it little bit. It makes us comfortable at some level that we can. But and, but but part of the reason that it makes us comfortable is that in in effect, what's happening is that that gravity the the mass is 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 such in a small enough area that the gravity is so strong that space has essentially looped back on itself. Mm. So it, it, there, is a, there is a disconnect, if you will. There is an edge to a, a boundary of space which is cut off from the rest of space. And nothing can go through that boundary except gravity itself. 
which mm. which I find fascinating. So so I've got a, I've got a I've got a section of the universe or a section of space, which is now cut off from the rest of space, so that uh, nothing can get out of it. Other stuff can flow into it, but it's a membrane. Gravity, but gravity can be discerned uh, outside of it, and mm. and and so. It's it's a closed section of space, but it still exerts exerts a, a evidence of a, of its existence within our normal space due to the the fact that the gravity still exists. And I, I sit around sometimes trying to picture what what that actually means, you know. And, and it's it, it's it, I think it's probably physically impossible to to conjure up an actual uh, image of uh, of what that looks like. But the, but the thing that's fascinating, uh, there are a couple a couple of things that I find very very fascinating because they they are so foreign to to uh, the way we normally think. Mm-hmm. If 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 you if you think about a black hole and you assume that once you're inside the event horizon, that the laws of physics, if you will, still work. Okay, then. An interesting point of that is that okay, physics tells us that there are that there are essentially three basic forces in the universe plus gravity. Uh, the three forces are electromagnetism, the strong nuclear force, and the weak force. Okay, and each of these expresses themselves, uh, uh, or the, the the force is expressed. Uh, in fashions that that we can observe, okay, uh, uh, electromagnetism is, is is what we're 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 we, we th- see all of the time. The fact that you you just laid your, your, your something on the table, the fact that a, a, a cup sits on a table, mm-hmm. is all governed by electromagnetism. Mm-hmm. The fact that the cup doesn't sink into the table is due to electromagnetic repulsion. Mm-hmm. We don't generally think about it that way, but that's that's what it's doing. So, everything that we that we see, the the solidity of the tabletop right. is due to electromagnetism. All right. Once once I get down to a smaller scale, I get into a, a, an atomic nucleus, the center of, of atoms. Then the the nuclear force, the strong force, prevails. That's the force that that holds. Uh, uh, protons and neutrons together to in, form in a nucleus, core. right, yeah. and, and, and the like. If I go to a smaller scale than that, uh, I, I come up with the what's called the weak force, and this is the force that exerts uh, that that exists between uh, muons quarks. and quarks and yeah, muons, quarks those and guys. muons and the like, right? Okay. And and we, we see expressions of that uh, through. Uh, uh, radioactivity. So th- mm-hmm. the fact that there that certain elements will decay mm-hmm. uh, through radioactive decay, uh, that radioactive decay is is governed, if you will, by the by the weak force. And it, remind me, is that when we first observed that, did we see it as uh, atoms losing an electron? For example, it, it lost. The, yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. uh, well, the first place you see it are, are things like. Uh, uh, radioactive elements that decay through beta emission. Okay. A beta, a beta particle is essentially essentially just a free electron. Okay. Okay. So I've I've mm. got something uh, that uh, 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 decays by beta emission. Essentially, what's happening is is within the nucleus there, a of, of that material, a uh, proton, is uh, excuse me, a neutron is decaying. By emitting an electron and r- leaving you with a charged proton. Okay. Okay. So a proton is an uh, elementary particle that has mm-hmm. a positive charge. Yep. You, you add an electron to it, and you get a neutral particle. So you have a neutron. Okay. So so that's that's the the the, the first uh, uh, the first uh, uh, explanation right. that the weak force was used to explain where it was was radioactive decay. Okay. Okay, and so it 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 uh, radio radioactivity is is governed by the the weak force, right? So these three forces, these are what we observe in our understanding. Right. And 
we're constantly wondering what 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 rules what 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 governs if I get past the uh, event horizon or can I get past the what's going on inside so 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 what's what's interesting then is that that uh, electromagnetism the strong force and the weak force are very very strong forces but they operate at successively smaller uh, over dis- uh, successively smaller distances mm-hmm. okay uh, on, on the other hand gravity gravity is a relatively compared to the others is relatively weak except that it extends over all space if you will so what's fascinating is you think about material. Yep. I've got a I've got a ball here, mm-hmm. and and so the 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 ball is composed of atoms, if you will, and the atoms are bound together through electromagnetism. Uh, within the within the ball uh, the, the, of the atoms, I have nuclei, and the nuclei is bound together by the strong force. And within the nuclei, I have atom, uh, neutrons and protons that are governed by the weak force. Well, if I, if I now put all of these in an area in, in, within a volume of space, and uh, I put enough mass into this to essentially fold space on itself and create a black hole, Okay, then, then gravity at this point, the, the density of material, the gravity exerted, is enough to overcome electromagnetism, the strong force, and the weak force. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, ostensibly, those are, those are all the forces that we got. Right. Okay, if I, if I overcome them, then there's nothing to make my ball or its constituent elements... Remain a ball. Remain a ball. And so the material, once I get, get below the, 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 I should say, once the density gets so great that it overwhelms those forces, there's nothing to stop the collapse. Mm-hmm. And so I now have the remnants, if you will, or the, whatever it was that was creating mass that is collapsing towards the gravitational center, and there's nothing to stop it. Yeah. We, 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 I, is, at least, is, I at is, least like to think that, oh, you know, there's, there's something solid down well, there somewhere, like, right? It's kind of like the speed of light. And we, we, never, we assumed you could just go faster and faster and faster and faster right, right, and faster. Right. And then Einstein says, no, things happen. Right. And, and, or at least material. And then so, to me, all I see, and just, I, I haven't... I see paradoxes all over the place mm-hmm. and asymptotic behaviors, right? So in the limit, you know, the, the professors you saying, in the limit, it's this, mm-hmm. and, and you got to do a lot of work to get the limit. But in this case, our present theory or your understanding and so forth is there is no limit. There, there, we, we haven't found what could, where is C? In, in that. Well, I, I think I've made the point before that it, as I write about social systems, mm-hmm. I, I look around for where to begin defining terms. Right. And the place I ended up with is to define a point. And I define a point as being a, a, an intersection between the philosophical world and the physical world. Because you cannot see a point in the physical world, okay? Mm-hmm. I, if I if I if I have yeah. a, if I have a, an <laughs> axis and I define a point on the axis, I can never see that point. It's yeah. it's it's. Uh, you I, know I, it's what, there, but you can't observe but, it. But all I can see is an area that encompasses a point. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but yeah. I cannot get to the point. Yeah. So so, you you. Put that into the, the 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 realm of a black hole. You never well, get to the, the center the, of the Tootsie the, Roll. The, the, the center, well, it, it's it's <laughs> it's called a singularity, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you if 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 nothing else is going on, then if I have got a I've got a a a, a supermassive black hole that it, that it, that that encompasses the mass of two billion suns, two billion solar masses. 
once I'm inside the event horizon and I've, I have a density of material that overwhelms the three basic forces, mm-hmm. then there's nothing to prevent the collapse. And so the, I, I, the, 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 the event horizon for a supermassive black hole might be something along the lines of, of the the of a, of a, of a volume uh, from uh, of, of space uh, defined by the orbit of of, the, of uh, Saturn, let's say the solar system. So, if you think think of a ball, stupid question in which in which the in which the orbit of Saturn is, is the, the outside edge of it, you know, yeah, that that may be the event horizon for a supermassive black hole. But once you get inside that event horizon, there's, it seems to me, it's quite plausible that, that all of that mass is actually existent within a pinprick in the middle of it, and it's still getting smaller. Well, that's my question. Why aren't all black holes the same size? Or... Why is one black, probably better phrased, is why are, why are black holes different sizes? Well, and I guess the, the issue is, are black holes different sizes? Or we oh, just oh, observing oh, we're, we're, space, we're, we're, and, we're, and we're, therefore we see the effect of light going around that. That's right. Yeah. And, and, so, and so the, 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 the event horizon, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the point, event horizon is essentially that point at which, or that, that time at which, Space is folded back on itself, if you will. Right. Our space, our space, and, and whatever's on the other side. So, and and so the the it's the mass contained within that that defines the the event horizon of the black hole, but the actual material within that event horizon that's all of the mass has already charged into that singularity. It's it's or it's, it's on its way. It's on its way it's, into it's the in singularity. Right, and so yeah. so if 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 the Standard laws of physics would apply. Then, then essentially, it's that that all of that material, if you will, is is accelerating towards the point of singularity, <laughs> and and it, it will be forever. Will he ever get there? That's right. <laughs> and and so the, the densities, you know, you, you, you know, it sounds like the definition of hell. Well, honestly. Yeah. And, and well, so, and, 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 I, and I think there, there are a lot of there are a lot of there, there there's a lot of, of theoretical work that I think looks at that and says no, that's 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 unacceptable. Yeah. We, we can't allow it. That, that can't work that way. And so there, there's a lot of work going on that that says, oh well, the laws of physics change within the event horizon, and 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 so there's a lot of speculation. The interesting point about that speculation is that no one is. Figured out a way that you could you could uh, you could ever test mm-hmm. that kind of theory, right? Once you've got inside the event horizon, it's hard to get information out. Well, and no, so, we saw this in the documentary Interstellar, so right. so we know that well, far distant in the future, our 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 far distant ancestor, you know, whoever whoever's yeah, you know, our ancestors. Um, or our descendants. Descendants, thank you. The other direction, they found a way to communicate through space or through time and gravity, and, and gravity was the key. So, I, I, I say that tongue in cheek, but it is fascinating because I don't think we know what to do with gravity. As uh, as no, at our that, level that, of understanding, that, I, I don't. No, that's that's still the that's still the big. Uh, I, my big guess thing. is we call it gravity because that's that representation of whatever that effect is or that that concept whatever that concept is reveals itself to us primarily as attractiveness between bodies and is basically an energy and so it's probably something that's gravity is probably a special case of whatever that mechanism is no. And and so, going back to when we another thing you said, which we all say is, well, we, the physics can probably changes inside there. And I would say no, um, we're it probably doesn't change. It's just our understanding of the actual physics uh, changes, yeah. so that we 
come up yeah, with more it's, information. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I, I, I don't know that, well, I certainly don't have any strong understanding other than the fact that I, in sitting around, I like to try to visualize mm -hmm. what's, what's going on. And the, the, the one thing that, that always fascinates me is, is the, the idea that, well, a singularity is really a singularity, that I've got, I've got what was a whole bunch of mass mm -hmm. that's now so dense, it compressed into, into such a small space that it is so dense that none of the forces of nature can, can compete against it, if you will. Yeah. And so it's going to collapse, and it's just going to keep on collapsing. And furthermore, it's probably going to approach collapse at the speed of light. So I've literally got material that's that's flowing into a a a, a point at the speed of light, right. and it's going to keep doing that forever. And I never get to the bottom. And, and of it. I never get. I, to the I can bottom never of reach it. it. I'm going as fast as right. potentially as I can understand speed. Yep. And that, that, that's why I kind of so that thought, that, vis, that visualization is, is sounds uh, like hell. Is, it really is, does. Is, is, well, <laughs> and, and as I say, actually, actually, hell is a is a step up. The, uh, in, in okay, the, Dante. I mean, it, level, 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 level. Exactly. Yeah. Well, in some of the some of the work that I, I I only peripherally read have read about. I don't understand it, and I've not looked into it, but. People are, are theoretical physicists are starting to, or have perhaps have for a while been speculating about the integral structure of a of a black hole. What's mm -hmm. really going on? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that this idea that that I have material that's collapsing into a singularity at the speed of light forever mm -hmm. is daunting to some people. Sure. Uh, and and so they they're they're looking around for. Uh, a, a different description of physical laws or physical processes that are going on, and 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 so you, you could speculate about that, and then you worry about uh, expressing that in a in an actual model such that you can uh, do experimental tests exactly. to see whether or not that's yeah. that's that's true. And I, I don't think anyone has has. Uh, made much progress in figuring out how do you get information out of the black hole in order to test hypotheses of what's perhaps going on within it. So they touch on that, and to wrap this up, um, they touch on that in the documentary. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, the question that they wrestle with, in addition to the mass, is what happens to the information? So it they... The, one of the theories, or and, and I, my, my understanding is fuzzy on this, um, is that from black holes, there's there's been postulated that this mass is exuded or basically gassy, you know, not not an actual gas, but that this randomly organized material is actually escaping from black holes. And if I understand right, that's part of what they were able to observe in these observations when you're trying to take a picture of one. The question, though, is where did the information go? So it, it, to me, it, it brings the um, duality that we face just in, our, in, in understanding our existence is we're more than mass. We're, we're, we're in, or we have a spirit. We have a, there's something that animates us beyond and in that parallel because I always draw parallels in that direction um, physical material isn't just magically a car or a spaceship there's information in the arrangement of that mass and so what they were concerned with is what happens to all that order when it went in there is that the parts that you know and now I'm theorizing is that the part is the information what's racing through this relativistic so forth, and then the mass is just jettisoned because it can't operate in that space, and therefore the the event horizon is this membrane that gasses off all the stuff that can't play in that space. That is my armchair. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but just like no light emits, that's that's how I explain it in my mind until somebody can show well, me something cooler. Whatever, whatever makes you happy, right? I know, exactly. Well, so. in, my, in my case, I, as I say, my, my starting point for this is, is a point. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a point is, a, is, a, is an intersection. It's an intersection between physical reality and philosophical reality. Yeah. And, and philosophical reality is, in essence, information, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it's information without physical form. Mm-hmm. And uh, physical reality is uh, uh, r- real, real things, if you right. will. Yeah. And and so, I I I I carry this on on to to thinking a little bit about neuroscience. Mm-hmm. And if I look at the mechanisms involved uh, within the brain, for example, then then I can I can map out. Uh, a, a lot of the mechanisms of of the brain, I can can map out how uh, uh, neurons, what neurons are, mm-hmm. how neurons interconnect, uh, the synaptic interface, what goes on, and I can I can understand I, since I I, I I did I learned early on. Uh, in learning about computers, I learned about uh, doing uh, um, uh, uh, not digital computers, but analog c- computers. Yeah. And you you make things happen essentially through the the propagation of a signal through mechanisms, and that's mm-hmm. what happens within the brain. I, I'm essentially yeah. propagating an impulse through. Uh, uh, Collections of neurons, which are interconnected then at synapses, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of, as near as I can understand, there's not a lot of modulation by the the neuron of that impulse that is being propagated. Okay, so it's it's not like I, a neuron. Uh, gets an electrical impulse and it and it creates a bunch of proton pro, pro, proteins right. and information is stored within those proteins. It, it appears to me from from what I read that the information, if you will, is is expressed in the form of the connection between neurons, the synaptic connections. Hmm. Okay, so so it, it, and and what what that says is that that. Uh, that's the way. That's the way we experience the world, and that's where, where yeah. sentient, sentient thought springs up. Once I get a sufficient level of connectivity of neurons, yeah. Yeah. that it it jumps into being as a philosophical exercise. So my 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 thought that you know that this this thing that's going on behind my eyes, right. which is where mm-hmm. I where I always think of myself as existing. Yeah. It it it, it I I exist. Whoever it was that said I I think therefore I am. Right. From my perspective, had it Pretty physically correct. Yeah. It, it, that's not a philosophical statement. That's a physical statement. Yeah. Uh, that I, I I think because I have these impulses flowing through these these select collections of neurons and the like, and it's only when the those the, those impulses are flowing through those collections of neurons that I I exist exactly. And yeah. if, if it's not flowing, then I I don't exist. Yeah, brain dead. And and so 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 uh, the, yeah. the, what 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 I what thought is 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 very uh, it's very ambiguous to me right now exactly. what, what it actually is. And I would like I think that needs to be a topic in all of itself because I know you've studied all of that and um, yeah so. Let's get into that another we'll, we'll time. Get in, we'll get into that because it is, uh, it, it's, a fast, it's a fascinating, uh, from, to me, it's fascinating to bridge that gap from physical reality to philosophical reality. Exactly. Uh, yeah. and, and realizing that, that both are realities, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And, Very much so. And, yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, good topic for a future time. Appreciate it, Tim. I, well, I think the uh, I'm, I hope that my half-ass uh, to to give our after-the-fact uh, qualifier. I hope that uh, that uh, my half-ass uh, 
expressions of physics is is uh, is not too off-putting. It's uh, been, it's been a number of years since I've studied physics really seriously. So uh, I, I, all I can say is that in our conversations over the years, you've been very consistent in this. So it's like. It's encyclopedic. What's up there in your uh, in your and machine? If, and if, and, and if and I, I think it you're wrong, representing it consistently I, over the years. That's so, right. If I yeah. learned it wrong, I've consistently <laughs> expressed it wrong. So that's that's yeah, it's it's, it's memorex. To be said for that. It, it, it's 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 live and it's memorex, folks. Yes, indeed. Right. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks, Tim. I'll we'll see you again it. soon. Fun. Bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of The Mike Newman Show, episode number 10, where uh, we had another breakfast with Dr. Tim. Really, uh, I, I love just talking about science and stuff with Tim. And uh, the, you know, we got to the eventually the kind of the overlap with uh, societal concepts and uh, a little bit into neuroscience. And with the work that Tim's been doing, books he's been writing and so forth over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, um, it... He really has studied a lot into neuroscience, and, and that's one of the areas that, that um, I look forward to discussing with him in the future. And we'd love to hear what you love to hear us uh, talk about, uh, a couple ways you can feedback that information to myself, and I, I'll share it with Dr. Tim too, of course, um, is to check out the uh, comments over at comments.mikenewman.show. Again, my name is spelled a little strangely, at least from normalization in America is M-I-K-E-N-E-U-M-A-N-N. So comments.mikenewman.show, um, your uh, new podcast player that you've picked up over at newpodcastapps.com will not only allow you to uh, send us some value back for any value you receive on this in the form of a boostagram or um, maybe through, uh, through comments on ideas for the show or, or observations you have on some of the things we've been uh, discussing uh, some of those other new podcast apps that you might uh, engage with are CurioCaster, Podverse, Fountain, Podfriend, Breeze, B-R-E-E-Z, and all that's kind of cool. Um, something that just kind of hovers over the whole environment is uh, a little tool called Albi, which uh, allows you to uh, basically fund or you know, act as a as a broker for um, uh, Bitcoin. And, and through the Lightning Network. So um, again, as I stumble through this, just basically to try to see if to get you interested in this new environment that is uh, powered by Podcasting 2.0, um, you can check that out over at getalbi.com. So uh, as always, uh, drop us an email at mike at mikenewman.show and check out the show notes over at mikenewman.show. We've got the show notes for, for every episode over there. Uh, Tim and I are, so this was recorded, and I'm doing all this on August 6th, and we'll be out for uh, next week, but we hope to return in two weeks with another episode of whatever we end up talking about. So uh, y'all take care if you're in the Dallas area uh, for podcast movement coming up on August 23rd and 26th. I'll be up there uh, trying to learn what I can as a pretty much a, uh, I don't think I'm, in 10 episodes, I don't think I'm a rookie podcaster anymore. It uh, doesn't mean I'm good at this, but uh, I am enjoying it. And uh, for me, that's cool. So if you're a podcast movement, be great to meet you, um, get to know your experience, and uh, look forward to doing that. So until then, have a great time and see you all down the road. <laughs>